Good afternoon, everybody. Um, this is episode 17 of the New Mount Mariah Youth uh, Podcast. And today's title of the lesson is God Foretells the Future. And we will be looking at Isaiah chapter 47. And we will be looking at verse 10 through 15. So again, welcome. Happy Tuesday. Uh, Hope everyone had a good productive week. Uh, We're reading from Isaiah 47. Going to be looking at 10 through 15 in today's title. It's called God Foretells the Future. And I'm reading from the NLT version, the New Living Translation version, and this is episode 17. All right. And it reads like this from the NLT version. But before I read, um, I would like to give you guys a little bit of background information. So some background or the aim of the lesson is justice does exist and it hands out condemnation and punishment for those who exploit and hurt others. All right. So Isaiah 47, 10 through 15 reads like this. You felt secure in your wickedness. No one sees me, you said, but your wisdom and knowledge have led you astray. And you said, I am the only one and there is no other. So disaster will overtake you and you won't be able to charm it away. Calamity will fall upon you and you won't be able to buy your way out. A catastrophe will strike you suddenly. No one for which you are not prepared. Now use your magical charms. Use the spells you have worked at all these years. Maybe they would do you some good. And maybe they can make someone afraid of you. All the advice you receive has made you tired. Where are all of your astrologers? Those stargazers who make predictions each month. Let them stand up and save you from what the future holds. But they are like straw burning in a fire. They cannot save themselves from the flame. You will get no help from them at all. Their hearth is no place to sit for warmth. And all of your friends, those of whom you have done business since childhood, uh, will go their own ways, turning a deaf ear to your cries. All right. So, um, like always, I'm going to read it. I'm going to give you uh, my perspective of it. And... um, It's kind of like a repeat of of last week. Please don't take my word as a law. Uh, please don't take what I say as the exact meaning and definition of the word. I feel like the word is meant for you to interpret it and, and get a comprehending of your own rather than take mine and run with it. Um, conduct some research for yourself. Um, pick up the Bible and and read it and gather your own interpretation or your own perception of it rather than accepting mine as 
the overall or the main perception of it. All right. So I'm gonna start at ten. Um, you felt secure in your wickedness. No one sees me, you said, but your wisdom and knowledge have led you astray. And you said, I'm the only one and there is no other. Um, what I get from reading 10 is I can I can really relate to it. Um, before I reconnected and re uh, dedicated my life to Christ, um, I did feel secure in my weakness. And what I'm using for wickedness is um, my own personal indulgences, my own uh, that's the proper term, my own personal indulgences, things that I only wanted for myself and for the pleasure and for the betterment of me. Um, pretty much earthly things or materialistic things. Um, my wickedness could be uh, alcohol, video games, mistreating people, um, talking about people, gossiping, things that aren't righteous things aren't of God um, and like the word says I felt that nobody sees me but me so what I'm doing is right it's, 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 there is no wrong in what I'm doing in actuality what I was doing was really 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 wrong um, it was wicked it was unjust it was unholy and I felt by nobody seeing me, I couldn't do any wrong, couldn't do any wrong, or nothing would be, uh, no punishment would come upon me by doing these uh, unjust, unholy things. And um, furthermore, it says, "But your wisdom and knowledge have led you astray." You said, "I am the only one, and there is no other." I can agree with that as well. Because before I reconnected uh, with God, I felt as though I was selfish. I only cared for myself and nobody else. I told other people I cared about them, but if I'm being brutally honest, in actuality, I didn't care. I just wanted what was good for me. And how could I benefit from whatever the situ situation could have been if he was dealing with school? How can I use somebody for academic purposes um, how can I get by without putting in the work um, how can I do this how could I do that by uh, uh, going the easy way out rather than actually earning it and working for it um, and I did let my wisdom and knowledge lead me astray um, in college I was learning about um, governments and how governments are established and how Religion can be used as an opiate of the masses. Uh, religion can be used as a drug or an escape for uh, people. And the government can use that to manipulate the people. And I took that as, um, that's how my personal experience was. And if I'm being brutally honest, that wasn't the case. Um, I was just using what I learned, all of my wisdom and knowledge that I had gained and those three years at, at Tarleton, I used that to to lead me astray, to not walk by faith and walk by sight. I didn't trust God. I didn't believe uh, 
much of anything. I rarely, hardly even pray. Um, so I can truly understand and relate to how that wisdom and knowledge lead me astray. And how I'm saying I'm the only one and there is no other. Um, pretty much I was just being selfish. And by me being selfish, uh, bad things happen. And that follows on to verse 11. It says, so disaster will overtake you and you won't be able to charm it away. Calamity will fall upon you and you won't be able to buy your way out. A catastrophe will strike you suddenly, one for which you are not prepared. Um, I can go back to college for my perception. Um, like I previously said, I was selfish, and by me being selfish, disaster overtook me, and disaster happened. Uh, bad things just started to happen, and I wouldn't be able to charm it away or ease it away. And calamity fell upon you, and you won't be able to buy your way out. Um, how I would normally get out of situations in college talk my way out of it, joke my way out of it. Um, that stuff didn't work. One of the disasters that I'm referring to is I almost got kicked out over an accident. Uh, but uh, those of you that are listening, if you've ever been to college and you get caught cheating, that's one of the biggest catastrophes that are happening in your academic career. Now, I didn't purposely cheat. I didn't purposely copy and paste and say it was mine. Um, I was doing a paper and I was using a source and the source was Google Scholar and I was using uh, APA format and in Google Scholar when you click on the citation it gives you the um, the citation, all you have to do is copy and paste. And rather than me being uh, smart, uh, I didn't double check my work and I submitted it as is and I forgot to cite uh, one thing. And my teacher reported it to the administration and I almost got kicked out of school for cheating even though I truly didn't intend, intend to cheat, but um, that happened. So. Disaster did overtake me, and I wasn't able to charm my way out of that. I wasn't able to talk my way out of it, or joke my way out of it, or ease my way out of it. Um, it just happened, and I was real close to being <clears throat> expelled. And a lot of thoughts was racing through my mind. I started shedding tears because it's like, man, I didn't, I didn't mean for this to happen. I didn't purposely copy and paste it and say it was mine. I started thinking about. How my family would view me, uh, what my mom and dad would think, uh, life after, what type of job I would be able to get. Just a whole boatload of negative thoughts overtook me. And uh, disaster did overtake me, and I wasn't able to charm my way out of it. And uh, catastrophe sh struck me suddenly, and I wasn't prepared for it. Uh, I didn't know how to handle it, but thankfully, uh, one of the administrators was a kind, sweet, uh, forgiving young lady. 
And uh, she understood where I was coming from. And she didn't expel me or kick me out. Uh, but by her talking to me and communicating with me, I was able to reform my life. She made me start uh, thinking about who I hung around and the type of people I surrounded myself. And little did I know that that, that played a huge impact on um, my grades and uh, uh, social status and stuff like that. I didn't realize that the people I was hanging around um, was actually bad for me. So, um, by me learning um, who my real friends were, I was able to reform my life. And if I'm being brutally honest, when this happened, this is when I really, when I truly um, started communicating back with God. I took, I would say, about a three-year hiatus from God. I wasn't as uh, disciplined and that service to God like I am now. Back then, I would worldly pray, pray once every three months, twice every three months. It was just bad. Um, and I felt as though I wasn't prepared for it and disaster did overtake me. So that's how I can compare and relate my life to verse 11. All right, now I'm moving on to verse 12. Uh, now use your magical charms. Use the spells you have worked at all these years. Maybe they will do you some good. Maybe they can make someone afraid of you. I don't necessarily know about these magical spells, but um, I can I can kind of relate. Um, instead of magic, I use technology, and the technology was video games. Um, I had put the video games before my Lord and Savior the video games before my relationships I put the video games before my schoolwork I put the video games before a lot of things and uh, I can relate the magical charms as technology or the video games and it kind of makes sense as I read it to myself um, used to video games you have worked at all these years and I did I played it from dusk to dawn maybe they will do you some good I thought by me playing video games I could do no wrong I'm not bothering nobody I'm to myself I'm not doing anything dangerous or whatnot. Um, all the maybe they'll do some good. Maybe they can make someone afraid of you. I don't necessarily know about that part, but I was thinking rather than it being spells, I just thought the video game could do me some good. Uh, I'm not bothering nobody. I'm putting that before God, but little did I know by me not putting God first, uh, disaster overtook me. And catastrophes happened that I truly wasn't, um, I truly wasn't prepared for. Right. So like always, I'm going to take a small break uh, just to go over a couple of points. All right. So I just read verse 10 through 12. So this is the first point that I have. Um, this is Isaiah and his times. So. Isaiah was a temple prophet who had access 
to the king and court. All right. Those of you who are not familiar with the monarchy, the king, the king is the ruler of the land. The court is kind of like his advisors or uh, cabinet in terms of American politics. All right. Because he served a number of different kings, he saw those that were good and he saw those that were bad. He also saw how the bad king's decisions would come back and destroy them by making them trust in the wickedness of other kingdoms and not God. This kind of goes hand in hand of what I was referring to earlier about how me putting all my faith and time and energy and effort in the wrong things and things that are unjust and unholy, in particular the video games and my friends. And how I relate that to this point is um, when you have a, make a bad decision, they can come back and haunt you. So rather than trusting in God, you're trusting in <clears throat> the wickedness of other kingdoms, other nations, other things, more in particular earthly things. And in my sense, and in my case, I was putting it in in friends who truly wasn't my friends and, 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 and things that didn't have any spiritual value or internal value, which was the video game. All right. Uh, point two is uh, Isaiah points out how these other kingdoms are powerless against God's judgment. All right. God's judgment is the most important thing in our life. God's judgment can either determine if we want to go to a good place or a bad place. Put it in simple terms. Heaven or hell. Alright? So, you can worry about others, other kingdoms, other people, other things. All of that is powerless against God. God is more than those things. Alright? So, their own arrogance cause them to look at themselves as most powerful and they could do no wrong I said that earlier about me playing the game and me learning things about the church and trying to implement it into my life when that truly wasn't the case I let my own wisdom and knowledge lead me astray so therefore disaster overtook me and catastrophes happened and I used the wrong things such as the video games, drugs, alcohol, and friends uh, try to, 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 to do me some good, to make me feel better, to, to, to feel better than what I was. When in actuality, those things weren't good for me. <laughs> it wasn't healthy. Uh -huh. And by me indulging myself in these things and me indulging in my own arrogance, it caused me to look at myself as most powerful that I couldn't do any wrong I wasn't doing nothing to nobody but standing to myself and making myself happy alright that their gods and practices did nothing to hold them accountable for others that's key that's key I'll read that point again their own arrogance caused them to look at themselves as most powerful and they could do no wrong. Their gods, their gods can be 
in my particular and to make it more modern how I'm using my life, uh, the video games, drugs, alcohol, uh, uh, friends who truly aren't your friends, all right, and practices the video games, drinking, staying up late, not going to class, those practices, those things that you constantly do that becomes a habit that did nothing to hold them accountable for others. Yeah, you're not doing nothing. Yeah, you you don't please you, but how is that benefiting you and bettering you? And how is that helping others? I feel like a lot of people get misconstrued. We we live in this world to serve each other, to help each other, to be there for each other. Yeah, you can do things for you to to help you and make your life a little bit easier and a little bit better. But at the end of the day, all we have is each other. This world is a partnership, not a not a dictatorship. Not my way, our way. It's a team. From a political standpoint, it's supposed to be a democracy. We're supposed to have an idealist way of, 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 of living. Technically, we're supposed to be around together in a big circle in the campfire singing Kumbaya. However, due to life and certain circumstances, we have to have a realistic approach and a realistic standpoint. But at the end of the day, I feel like if we just uh, come together and be together as one, that's the whole purpose of living is to help serve each other. All right. So that's the little break. I read from 10 to 12. Now I'm going to read 13 through 15. All right. All the advice you receive has made you tired. Where are all those astrologers, those stargazers, who make predictions each month? Let them stand up and save you for what the future holds. So, what I get from that is like, let everything that I speak of or spoke of, let that save me. I put that much faith in it, that that much trust in it. Let that uh, help me get done with college. Let that sway the administrator's mind and let me stay in school. Let that help me look in the mirror and make some changes in my life. A lot of times we put our faith and trust in things that are unholy and expected to make a huge, significant impact in our life. In actuality, the only person who could do that is God, not those things. 10 times out of 10, those things are earthly. For example, I've done this before, but I haven't been on social media and I don't know how long, but whenever something would go wrong, the first thing I would run to is my phone and get on social media, either post about it or scroll and get my mind off of it, rather than getting on my knees and asking God to help me and asking God to fix it. So when you read, 13. I believe that's what it's referring to. All the advice you receive has made you tired. Where are all the astrologers and those stargazers who make predictions each month? Let them stand up and save you from what the future holds. Facebook won't be able to save you. Instagram won't be able to save you. That PS4, that PS5, that Xbox, they won't be able to save you. God will. Alright? Now I'm reading 14. But they are like straw in the burning fire. They cannot save themselves from the flame. 
you would get no help from them at all. Their hearth is no place to sit for warmth. The key, the biggest takeaway is this when it says they cannot save themselves from the flame. You will not get no help from them at all. Instagram won't truly help you. Facebook won't truly help you. Snap won't truly help you. That game won't truly help you. The alcohol won't truly help you. The drugs truly won't help you. The only person who can truly help you is God and God alone. And lastly, all of your friends, those with whom you've done business since childhood, will go their own ways, turning a deaf ear to your cry. So all those things, when it says friends, I believe it's referring to not only physical, but uh, earthly things, the stuff that I was referring to, alcohol, drugs, games, social media, actual friends. If, if, if you, when you truly need them, they won't be there for you. They won't even hear you. So rather than putting your faith and trust in those things, you have to put your faith and trust in God. Because he's the only person who can fix whatever you're going through. All right? So I'm going to read the third point. There have been many Babylonians in history. All right? Rome, France, Germany, England, and America, which considered itself great before God and no longer the world power it was. Today, Babylon is no longer a nation but rather corporations and institutions who consider themselves above God. Corporations, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, uh, PlayStation, Sony, Microsoft. Babylon isn't just countries. It's, it's, it's corporations, institutions who consider themselves above God. Sometimes we as people make them bigger than God, myself included. Like I said, back then I just used to wake up and play the game. I didn't wake up and say thank you, God, or pray or even talk to him. Wake up, make coffee, play the game. Matter of fact, wake up, play Call of Duty. After I play Call of Duty, play 2K. After I play 2K, play God of War. After God of War, Batman. And that's from 8 in the morning till at least 4 in the afternoon. So sometimes we make these... These earthly things bigger than God, and that's not the case. That's It shouldn't be that way. But I'm a realist. That's the way it is. All right. So a thought to remember, God deals with the wickedness of men, and no one escapes God's justice. God is going to get his. Regardless, if you want to or not, God is going to get his regardless. All right. So again, this is episode 17. Today's title was God Foretells the Future, and we looked at Isaiah 47, 10 through 15. Thank you guys for listening. I'm in it off with a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to see another day, another day that wasn't promised. I ask that you continue to watch over us, continue to heal us, continue to bless us, continue to use us how you see fit, continue to make a way out of no way, uh, because that's the type of God that you are. You're good, you're mighty, you're excellent, you're holy, you're Jehovah, you're Yahweh, you're the Elohim, you're the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of Gods, and there's no God above you. God will never, you foretell the future, 10 times out of 10, which is 100% of the time, it becomes true, because you're omnipresent, 
you're omnipotent. You're a good, mighty, and holy God. Lord, whatever the listeners may be going through, I ask that you lift them up and you uplift them. You let them know that everything is going to be okay once they hand it over to you because you're the only person that can fix it. Uh, thank you for those that are listening. Uh, please continue to be with them and watch over them and guide them and protect them and heal them. Lord, thank you. Thank you for everything. These blessings I ask. In your darling son's name, amen. Again, thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next Tuesday.